just arrived and it's amazing. I can't believe they let us keep all the furniture. I'm having the girls over later, so I'll see you tomorrow. I still can't tell if this house is creepy or quaint. I can't. Every place is both creepy and quaint. I'm really glad you guys are here. Amen to that. Yeah, my parents bought me this great place because they think I'll live here forever and they'll see me more often. The tubs were mad. All the tubs are dead and gone. And it's my place now. I can't just abide by the fact that she bought the tub house. She has to regret coming back here. They took our phone. what would happen if she came back. Wake Everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. This is Mike. Joining me as always, it's Mr. Venom. What's up, Venom? How are you doing? Greetings and salutations, perverts. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, Mike. How the hell are you doing? Pretty good. I I was wondering how you were going to introduce this, if it was going to be uh, goats, topless women, uh, or, or what? What else could it be but topless women? Jesus. We'll get into it here in a little bit, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't even know why this is called uh, what it's called. <laughs> My title in the uh, in the chat title is way better. <laughs> yeah. All right. Also joining us as always, it's Don and Ellie. What's up, Don? How are you? Yeah, I'm just doing great. Always happy to be here. All right. So this week we are covering a uh, movie that just recently became available. Had a little bit of festival buzz, I believe. It, it had a Kickstarter going, got funded, they made it. It's called Kill Her Goats, and the synopsis is as follows. Audra's graduation gift is her dream house, but it soon becomes a living nightmare when some uninvited guests come to her homecoming party who aren't very subtle about the fact that they don't approve of the home's new owner. Well, I'll be honest, that's more story than I got out of the actual movie, but uh, <laughs> more on that... <laughs> We are going to kick it off with our general thoughts. So, Venom, tell us what you thought of Kill Her Goats. All right. So, before I get into my review here, I think it's time for me to dust off an old chestnut that I haven't used on this show in a while. <clears throat> Fuck this movie. Holy shit. I hated this fucking movie. I hated this movie. This movie is... Uh, Oh, how can I put this? This movie is every pervert's dream, hence my greeting today. I, it's literally nudity for the sake of nudity. Now, listen, folks, I understand that gratuitous nudity is a part of horror, but when it's literally the driving force of your film, I, I can't take it. The nudity, the male gaze displayed throughout this film, I mean, by halfway through the movie, it it just got insipid. 
I've never said this in my life, and I'm going to say it now. I don't want to see a set of tits for, like, at least a couple of weeks. I'm so sick of looking at half-naked women because of this movie. And not a very good movie, by the way. You know, I mean, there have been lots of movies over the years that have gratuitous nudity that are head and shoulders better than this. Now, not to say that there's not a market for this movie. Yes, I'm sure there's always going to be people that like you know, gratuitous nudity, you know, beautiful half-naked women getting chased by, you know, masked killers, blah, blah, blah. It's just I lived through all that in the 80s, and now it's 2023. And, you know, if you want to call this movie a throwback, fine, whatever, but I guess I hate throwbacks because, like I said, halfway through this movie, the only story I got is just the fact that all these women are half-naked throughout the entire thing. And then when when you're watching the closing credits, it all dawns on you. Three of the six women in this movie are former Playboy Playmates. And the director is very sure to let you know in the closing credits, these are former Playmates. This guy, Steve Walsh, it looks like his name is. I know nothing about this man. And after watching this film, I care to know nothing about this man. He, It didn't feel like he wanted to put together an actual horror film. It felt more like he was trying to put together a Girls Gone Wild video that had like some kills in it and some guys in masks. But ultimately, uh, the filmmaking is not very good. The, you know, the camera stock looks cheap. Sto- I say camera stock, like there's any actual film involved here. It just looks like a really cheap digital camera. The audio is not great. The cinematography is not great. The score is forgetful. The acting is atrocious, and like I said, once you get to the end and see that half this movie is populated with former Playboy Playmates, it explains the acting a little bit more. Now, I'm a fan of The Asylum, and so is Don, so I know you guys know that I like a schlocky, cheesy movie every now and again. But this movie, just like I said, the the constant close-up of tits, the constant close-up of crotches and thigh gaps and asses, it just... it fucking got insipid it's like i i want to watch a horror movie god damn it the ultimate point is it is 2023 there are literally and i mean literally in all caps millions of hours of free porn on the internet and free pictures and everything else if i want to look at an hour and a half of tits i can do it freely i don't have to watch a movie like this hoping that it's a horror movie to just be disappointed with just nothing but nudity um uninspired kills boring antagonists what a waste of kane hodder why even say kane hodder is in this movie he's in it for almost no amount of time and then his the 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 character that he's playing just kind of disappears like we never actually see what happens to him. He just he kills one character and then he just disappears and we never see him again. And then the rest of the movie, it's a couple of other killers in the film. I think there was a total of three killers in this movie. So I don't know. This movie just felt like an hour and 40 minute waste of time. Some of the longest shower scenes in fucking cinema history. There are two. Count them two shower scenes in this movie that are like five to ten minutes long and they're not even all that erotic i uh, just oh god damn it there there's literally the, uh, this movie is an hour and 40 minutes there is 45 minutes of character development before anything remotely horror occurs 
And after 45 minutes of character development, I felt the same way with this that I felt with the Outwaters. I didn't give a rat's ass about anyone in this movie. I don't care how attractive you are. I don't care how perfect your tits look or how beautifully shaped your ass is. I just don't give a fuck. I am a 50-plus-year-old horror fan. I've done my time with pornography, you know what I mean? Do I hate looking at beautiful naked women every now and again? Of course not. Not at all. But if you're going to fill your movie beginning to end with nothing but half-naked women throughout, then you're not making a horror movie. You're making a soft-core porn. And if if that's what you're looking for, then my friends, Kill Her Goats is the movie for you. If you're looking for an actual enjoyable horror film, I would skip this one. But like I said, it's not the worst movie. Hell, it's not even the worst movie I've seen this week. I could name two other movies that were way worse than this one. But since we're actually reviewing this one, I'm going to voice my opinion. And I absolutely fucking hated this movie. So somebody else jump in. <laughs> All right. I'll throw it over to Dawn. Uh, what do you have to say about Killer Goats? Well, I'm going to do uh, one little thing that I wanted to try to do in. But since I realized that I inadvertently muted myself, um, it, nobody responded to what I was going to say. I might as well say it now. Uh, Venom, the reason why uh, Steve Walsh may be familiar to you is he's the director of the movie Muck, which... Uh, oh, I, I God! Think, <laughs> I, I think just saying that should uh, kind of give you yep. a hint. <laughs> that explains yeah. so much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was trying to say, and then I realized that um, I had inadvertently muted myself after the introductions because my dog came in. But, uh, yeah, I, I was... I was trying to say that, that this is uh, the same guy that directed Muck, which um, I, I think that kind of reputation speaks for itself. Now, I don't hate Muck. Um, I actually kind of like it, and I, I actually do kind of like this one. Now, I will firmly agree with two very valid points that were made here. This movie is wall-to-wall TNA, and it takes fucking forever before anything starts up. Now, I don't mind the first one. I, you know, I'm still a red-blooded American male. I still like looking at a nice pair of tits, and I still think movies like this are much more appealing and much more commercially accessible, you know, throwing on in front of the living room rather than, you know, firing up Pornhub. I still think that there's still value to stuff like this, and uh, I'm still going to stand by that. Now, the second argument is still very, very, very valid. This takes forever to get going. And, yeah, after a while, there's just, you know, rich, vapid, bone, you know, boneheaded morons that I just don't really give a crap about. And that sucks because I I kind of like where this is going. I, I do kind of backstory of this, you know, strange cult that's kind of taken over this area. It does feel like there's, you know, some missing plot here because, you know, Kane's character, who I assume is the killer from the very beginning, and I assume he's the one that launches the first home invasion attack, the one that just springs up out of nowhere and attacks the girls. And then for some strange reason, you see him running off into the woods and then it becomes two other characters, which I think that's kind of a spoiler. So I'll just leave it at that for now. But I, I do kind of like the original setup of this. Uh, it takes forever, and there's way too many shower scenes here. I mean, once we know what they, we look like naked, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, we're, you're done. Move along. But I, I still kind of like this, and I, I still had a, you know a fun enough time with the finale. I do like a lot of what it does there. 
some of these revelations maybe go on a little too long. I mean, hour and 40 minutes for a film like this, that that's a bit too much. Trim some of that down, maybe remove a shower scene or three, and, you know, you've probably got yourself a slick, solid 85-minute TNA-filled throwback, which I, I'm, I'm good with that. That's, you know, a perfectly valid genre, you know, film in this day and age. But, yeah, overall, it's not the greatest Um it, you know, I, I found it watchable, but that's probably going to be as high as I can, you know, throw at it. It's, you know, kind of cheap and cheesy, you know, the way I like, but that still doesn't mean that it's a great film. That doesn't mean it's going to be, you know, end of the year kind of material. It just means that uh, I, I'm not ready to, you know, condemn it to hell for what Venom said, but I, I, I do agree. I, I do think that there's a little bit too much here that kind of interferes with the horror. I do think that it takes a while to get going. I do think that there's, you know, some problems with some motivations and characters that don't necessarily need to be there. They kind of just drag the film on for longer than it needs to, but I, I, I still didn't, you know, pull my hair out in frustration over what was happening. I it's not the greatest, but I didn't hate it. So I'm going to end up and say that this is watchable for a specific audience. But other than that, there's not much worth going into this one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm probably right there with both of you. Uh, I mean, I don't think it was that dissimilar of an opinion. When I got done watching this, I was kind of interested to see where we would go with our discussion because I feel like it's one of those movies where there's enough stuff in there where it's people could listen to our discussion and come away thinking, wow, this movie actually sounds kind of good because lots of tits. Uh, uh, most of the – I would say most or all of like the effects and stuff are practical. Um, yeah, I didn't notice much CGI. I mean, the only thing that would no. probably look CGI was the bed kill. Possibly, yeah. The bed, um, kill, looked, the, the bed kill was the one that looked the most, but I mean, even that, that they could have probably done that practically. Yeah, the, the design with the uh, killer I thought was pretty cool for what it was. I did like um, a lot of the sets, like, uh, like the out outdoors with like the fog and just the landscape i thought the cinematographer was decent for being like a lower budget movie um the way it looked but man this story is like thin uh there's there's like twists and turns that i wouldn't even say you don't see coming they just don't make all that much sense or i i just was it was like i'm having trouble following why these two people are doing this and then they turn on each other and I'm like, wait, what the hell's going on now? Uh, there's parts I rewound because I was like, was I not paying close enough attention? But no, that wasn't the case. Um, like Venom said, there, there, there's a part in this movie where there's back-to-back shower scenes. Like, and like, you know, we're horror fans. We know shower scenes, especially in slasher movies, uh, especially. Shower scenes are not unfamiliar, but usually... the one shower scene is is because it's leading to something this one has two back to back that lead to absolutely nothing (laughs) like other than (laughs) i hope you enjoyed watching them shower and the funniest thing to me is i think it's the second shower scene 
like the actress is making like an effort to cover her boobs in the shower, but then like the very next scene she's changing topless, and I'm like, and I and and, I, and I'm not complaining that she's covering herself in the shower, like whatever, I don't care, but it's just weird because I'm like, it seemed like she was making an awkward effort to cover herself in the most unnatural way, but then the very next scene she's topless anyway, so I was like, well, that's that's weird, okay, um, but yeah, the, it, when the Girls aren't topless. They're damn near still naked. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, and then like Venom said, yeah, because afterwards I kind of read a little bit uh, uh, on it. And I I don't know if all the women are, but like a good amount of them are like actual playmates. So that kind of makes sense. Why I, I think they're, the they're main, so comfortable. I think the lead and then her the main group of girls that she hangs out with are all playmates. Unless they. Not quite. Say, yeah. yeah. No, the, brunette, the main brunette is not. But the little the the pretty the 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 cute pretty girlfriend who was getting photographed she is um, yeah. the main star was yes Don's correct the the main one was but not all three of them like the two blondes of of the three main girls the two blondes I believe are okay yeah and it makes sense and why they're so comfortable with just like not just nudity but like the casual like nudity and not even and even in like the bloopers and then the the credits like I don't know oh. how much of the credits the the end title credits you watched where it's literally just the peach topless photo shoot like almost the entire time i'm just like damn yep. okay they're putting an exclamation point on the nudity um i i feel like there was a better movie to be had there that i think this clocks in at right around an hour and 40 minutes if they would have made like a tight 80 minute movie where we get to the actual horror stuff a lot sooner I think it could have made like a better movie because, like I said, it, it's a weird kind of discussion where you have to convey to the listeners, like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here that if you if you isolate it out in a vacuum and you just say, hey, it checks off, like, yeah, it has a nudity box, yeah, it has some, um, you know, a decent killer to practical, uh, all that kind of stuff is what you would want in a slasher, but. With the hour and 40 minute running time, there's just too much of nothing going on. And there's too much exposition or dialogue or, like I said, shower scenes that lead to nothing. And it's just like, why are we getting scene after scene after scene that really doesn't advance the story? It doesn't, you know, it'd be different if you had like the cast and we were getting like a kill scene every other scene. And then you kind of understand, okay, this is bloated because they want to get all these cool kills every other scene but that's not really happening until we're well into the movie so i just think man it 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 really lacked an editor or someone that could come in and say hey you don't need to make a this long of a movie for this story make a tight i would even say sub 90 minute movie here maybe 80 to 85 minute slasher movie and i think it would have been much better for it i don't think it would have made it a great movie because again you're still not having that it's still it still would have been a thin story but, you know, sometimes with slashers, you don't need a big in-depth story. Just give us the good stuff and go. But uh, this one, there's just too much of nothing going on during the running time. So, yeah, unfortunately, it sucks because, like, I thought the setup was okay. And I don't know. It seemed like this one had some buzz, like some under-the-radar buzz on it coming out of um, the festivals. So, yeah, man, it I, it's just disappointing for me. Yep. Just uh, not great. And to, to kind of harp on the point about the storytelling, 
I, I understand what both of you are saying. You both say that you kind of like the setup. I'm wondering where the setup is. Like the setup is basically two throwaway lines from one of the local people in this town where they talk about the tubs, the Tup's house, you know, um, and the history that this Tup's house has. But guess what? We don't find out what the fuck the history of this house is. We just, That's all it is. What, what's that? That's, the opening scrawl is the, the backstory. That's what we get. Yeah, they mention yeah. it to the characters. They mention it to the characters, but that's what you're. That's what they're implying. It's the opening scroll at the beginning. Ah, uh, it's not enough for me. Uh, just me personally, and especially I, with I a movie. It, this, I, yeah, I, yeah. I know what you're coming from, but yeah, that's what they were implying was the right, backstory right. with the house. That, that that's what the opening scroll is. Yeah, well, with a movie this bad, there's no way in hell I'm ever going to remember the opening scroll. Like literally zero chance in hell. Uh, if this movie was actually somewhat entertaining, I, it, I might have retained it somehow. But no, uh, like I said, I just it, there's no rhyme or reason to this movie. And it really irks me. You get a little bit of text at the beginning giving you a minor explanation. But it's like but it's not really much of an explanation. It, it just says that stuff has happened here. It doesn't say why. It doesn't say who the perpetrators are. It says nothing. Um, this movie is just too ambiguous for me. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I enjoy a good ambiguous horror film. This one, too much. Just like I said, three killers that have nothing to do with anything who just decide, oh, someone's living in this house, got to kill them, but not give us any real backstory on the killers either. I mean, it's just they're three men, you know? I mean, we find out who one of them is, but it doesn't really explain <laughs> a whole hell of a lot. By the way, um, this uh, this movie gives me the opportunity to recommend a way better movie that does this exact premise. I know I mentioned it on the main show. I may have mentioned it here, too. But there's a film that recently played in theaters called Hunt Her, Kill Her. Not Hunter Killer. Four separate words. Hunt Her, comma, Kill Her. And that movie did this concept endlessly better. I mean, like... Hunter Killer is like an Oscar winner compared to this fucking piece of shit that we just watched. So um, if you're interested in this kind of it's not really a home invasion so much as it's a work invasion in Hunter Killer. Uh, the killers who are stalking the whip, the woman is, you know, she's not at her home. She's at her workplace. So that's the only major difference. But the ambiguity is still there of who these killers are. But we actually get a good explanation in in Hunter Killer here. We do eventually find out who one of the killers is, and they, they do have a connection to one of the characters in the film. But it's so fucking stupid because we find out the plot point literally three minutes before we find out who the killer is, who one of the killers is. And it's like, well, that was fucking pointless. And why introduce this character so late? The one character who seems to know what's going on, and they literally introduce her two minutes before the shit hits the fan for her. It's just, yeah, like I said, this is just a poorly made film, poorly put together, poorly edited, acted, directed. I mean, I, I don't know anything that this movie did well other than casting beautiful women. I will not take that away from it, from this film. Every fucking woman in here, including the, the, the photographic model who looks like she's 15, all of them are beautiful, beautiful bodies, faces, everything, but... Like I said, this movie has zero substance. I mean, unless you consider tits substance, then maybe it has a little. But, yeah, I, I just could not get into this movie. Um, I, I can't even give it credit for being a good setup because the setup is so paper thin. And then to not give us anything after that, it, it just didn't make me happy. 
it it might resonate with someone else, but it absolutely 100% did not with me. And I am an old crotchety fuck too. Don't get me wrong. I am the I am the old man of fresh cuts, and I understand that I you know I've seen so many of these movies that I'm at a point where I don't really care about them anymore. Very very. Not very often are movies that are filled with gratuitous horror movies that are filled with gratuitous nudity end up being really good, like something exceptional, you know, be it an A24 film or one of the better Blumhouse films or whatever, you know, and no, we don't get that. Usually when it's this much nudity, it's just tits for the sake of tits. And, you know, unfortunately, well, I can't recommend this to anyone. Yeah, the, that, that's the thing through the years like the more movies you see especially slashers you you come to learn that like stuff like gratuitous nudity is really inconsequential to whether the movie is good or bad like it's not going to in it's not really going to enhance your movie unless you're a, a specific viewer that is looking for movies that specifically have that but in general like do, will i hurt a film no but is it going to make the film good because of that no not really either and there's no shortage of those movies like already around if if you're going for that. So sometimes when I hear like 80, like when, you know, when movies are ma being made in the modern era and I hear 80s, like an 80s flashback or like uh, the spirit of the 80s, you are you're half half of my head's already in the space. Like, OK, let me guess. You're going to have your two disnudity uh, and you're going to try to have practical effects are you going to give me anything beyond that? Because, you know, there's certain tropes that whenever, when someone says they're making like an eighties throwback slasher that you kind of expect. And that doesn't mean it's a bad thing that that stuff's in the movie. Of course not, because that's something like some people call for in them, but that also doesn't necessarily make it good just because those things are in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't hate all movies with gratuitous nudity, not by any stretch. Some of them are really good, mostly in the 80s and 90s. Like, I can't think of a modern one. Maybe Neon Demon, but Neon Demon wasn't even gratuitous. Like, there was actual some artistic um, credibility to go with some of the nudity that we got in that one. And that one, you know, wasn't even nearly as <laughs> promiscuous as this one was. But I'm, I, I have trouble thinking of a modern you know, gratuitous film like this that's actually good. I mean, legitimately good, you know, like great storytelling, performances, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just don't think it happens. But, you know, not that I've seen every movie on the planet. So, uh, of course, I could be wrong, but this is just my experience. But, yeah, I just can't get behind a movie like this, you know. Um, when, you know, if the kills were a little bit juicier, if the story was a little bit deeper, if we actually... if, if I don't know if Kane Hodder actually did something other than kill one person and then disappear into the woods that maybe I would have liked the movie a little bit better. But ultimately, there's very little in this movie for me. Yeah, uh, I, it's like it's one of those things where, like I said at the beginning, like, do I have an issue with the nudity? Not really. I just wish we had better stuff in between it. <laughs> Not counting the back-to-back -back shower scenes where there was, like, literally nothing in between them. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have put anything in between those because they were, like, pretty much back-to-back. -back. But just other <laughs> other scenes where they're just kind of nonchalantly walking around topless. It almost feels like an Aaron Spelling movie if he could, if he could make yeah. a rated R movie. Um, 
it even turned towards the end of the movie. It even turned into almost like a Benny Hill slapstick movie. Like, did you guys notice that during the final chase, slowly all the girls were losing articles of clothing? Like their pants would fall off, their shirts would get ripped off. Like everything was just so convenient so that they would be half naked. You know, by the time they were, you know, by the time you get to the end of the movie and every every character's drenched in blood. And, and it actually was funny. Like, I'm laughing. I'm like, am I watching Mr. Fucking Bean? Like, what the hell am I watching? Like, literally, they could have put the Benny Hill song over that final chase and it would have fit just as much as the score that we got here. Ah, just, uh movie's laughable. <laughs> Sorry, folks, I'm going to be complaining this whole episode, so bear with me. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, anything else you want to add before we get into our incredibly short walkthrough? I think that about covers my general thoughts. All right, well, ah, oh, spoiler. What spoiler? I mean, we basically told the whole story. There's not really much to give away in this movie. There's no real aha moments at the end or big plot developments or twists or anything. So whatever. Uh, basically, we're introduced to Audra. Oh, well, we do get a cold open. The movie starts. Um, like Don mentioned earlier, we get a little bit of text about, you know, the house and some of the legend about it, blah, blah, blah. It's not very satisfying for me. Then we get a cold open where we see a couple kind of um, camping out in the woods, your basic camp slasher scene as uh, they're basically, you know, in their tent arguing and then, you know, uh, Kane Hodder's character, Goatface, not Ghostface, my friends, Goat, Goatface, uh, shows up and kills the two people, and then we go to our opening credits. After that, we're introduced to Audra, a beautiful blonde girl who just received this house as a gift from her parents. Man, how fucking rich are you that you buy your 18-year-old daughter who just graduated high school a fucking house? Unless it was college. I, I guess they didn't really specify. But I guess she could have been, they could have been 22, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> that, that, that's some dream money right there. So anyway, she moves into the house uh, shortly. And th throughout the movie, we get like these POV shots that never develop into anything. Um, you know, we're, we're led to assume that they're being stalked or that she's being stalked at this point because she's alone for the first little bit of the film. And then after that, her friends show up. I believe their names are like Missy and uh, Peyton or something like that. I, I can't remember. You know, hot girl number one, hot girl number two, and hot girl number three are now all at the house. Um, and they basically spend like a half hour. Um, once they get there, which like I said, we're already about 10 minutes into the movie. Once they get there, we spend the next half hour with character development. The problem is these women have no character. They're basically vapid, empty-headed, um, you know, hot chicks that are that only live to be hot and drink. And, you know, I mean, we, I can't even accuse them, any of them of being sexual because there's no men in this movie as far as like boyfriend counterparts or whatever. Um, all we get is, you know, the one guy uh, who's a photographer who's um, basically we spend about a five to ten minute scene. There are so many long scenes in this movie. This director should have the shit slapped out of them. There was no need for those two shower scenes to be that long. There was no need for the photo shoot scene to be that long other than showing tits. So, like I said, whatever. Um, if you're into that, rock on. This is the movie for you. Um, after the photo shoot, um, two of the girls involved in the photo shoot who were kind of helping out join Audra at the house. Uh, so now there's three of them there at the house and... 
you know, like I said, they spend about a half hour of character development, talking back and forth, showing extended shower scenes that literally lead to nothing. I mean, it literally in one case, the second shower scene that was like eight to ten minutes long, as soon as she gets out of the shower, she's just like, I'm going to bed. It's like, why did we watch you shower for eight fucking minutes if it meant nothing to the story? And again, I'm not an idiot. I understand. Hot chicks. Okay, whatever. Um, so, yeah, um, our brunette ends up going to bed after her shower. Um, what, the blonde that came second uh, to the house, mind you, um, uh, she ends up going to bed, too, because the host, uh, Audra, the main girl, wants to stay up late and watch a horror movie. By the way, best part of this movie is the fact that Night of the Living Dead is playing on the television throughout a large chunk of this movie, so kudos there. At least the director knows what a good movie is. He just can't make one, so that's okay. Um, and then, uh, basically, out of nowhere, we get this large, obviously played by Kane Hodder, so it's obviously a big guy, um, just this large guy just show up in the house out of nowhere and start chasing the girls around. He does eventually kill the brunette in her bed. Um, it's a really weird scene because she's having like a dream. She's having like a fever dream at the exact same time where she's actually dreaming of her walking around. And you know it's a dream because she's fully clothed in the dream, whereas in bed she's basically butt naked. And, you know... Uh, you know, she sees some scary stuff, blah, 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 blah. But eventually, um, Goatface shows up and slashes her, you know, cuts her throat, blah, blah, blah. No big deal. The one thing I'll give Ghostface is he's got this cool kind of weapon. It's basically a chainsaw connected to a hedge trimmer. So it's so it's basically got running blades on both ends. But one, like I said, is a straight up chainsaw. And then the other one is more like a hedge trimmer, you know, where you could do like slower, more painful damage to someone. But so I'll I'll give him that. It's a pretty cool little weapon. Definitely very. um, What was that video? What was that zombie video game where you made weapons? It it took place in a mall. I forgot already. Uh, Shit, Dead Right was Dead Rising. Yeah, Dead Rising. That's it, Dead Rising. Okay, so yeah, it felt very much like that because I think you could literally make that weapon in Dead Rising. I almost remember the chainsaw connected to the hedge trimmer. But anyway, um, so at this point, um, Goatface has dispatched our brunette. Our two blondes run outside, um, you know, because the, the one of them finds the body after the fact. And then the other one shows up and, the, you know, they both see the body. They end up running out of the house. And while they're out in front of the house, they literally see Goatface go out the back door of the house. And he could easily have just taken a right and chased the two girls down. But instead, he just keeps walking into the woods. And that's the last fucking time we see him. Literally, Kane Hodder, maybe he got sick, maybe he was only contracted for one day. I don't know what the fuck the story is, but yeah, absolute waste to even put his name on this poster. Uh, Anyway, at this point, um, our two blondes are, uh, they're still in the house, and then they realize that there's more than one killer. We we end up seeing two more killers show up. Um, I forget what their masks were. I think uh, one of them was very similar to a goat anyway. And then I forget what the third one was. But anyway, yeah, you've got you've got multiple assailants now um, basically chasing these girls around the house, around the property, blah, blah, blah. I'm skipping a lot, folks, and I'm doing that purposely because I don't want to spend too much time with this goddamn movie. Um, 
Let's see. <laughs> and that's, I, I don't know why, but then out of nowhere, suddenly goats start appearing in the movie. Just just random goats. Not not like Black Phillip, like supernatural goats or anything. They're just like legitimately just regular goats and they're just walking around. I don't know. Maybe somebody around here has a goat farm. Maybe the killers have pet goats. I don't know. But yeah, literally, as soon as the killers show up, goats start showing up, too. And there's definitely at least three or four different ones, because the very first one that shows up is all black. And I instantly said, oh, nice cameo by Black Phillip. But then the rest of the goats weren't the exact same color. So it's very obvious there's multiple goats. But again, no rhyme or reason. Why are there goats there? Are they there to distract the women to, you know, maybe become a hazard for them as they're running away from the killers? Nobody fucking knows. So... Um, let's see. <laughs> the name of the fucking town that they're in is West Craven. West <laughs> Craven. Don't you dare chuckle, Mike. That ain't clever. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, it's a sarcastic I, laugh. Like, oh, God. Oh, God. I My eyes rolled almost out of my head when I saw that sign. When I, uh, yeah, when I heard it, I did it, or I saw that, I did a double take, like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, not in this movie, please. Exactly. No, I, I groaned so hard I almost broke my windows. <laughs> awesome. All right, so at this point, um, our two girls are still kind of running away from these uh, other two killers that are chasing them around. Um, the blonde that ended up arriving, like the, the other blonde, not our main girl, Audra, uh, she ends up getting, finally she ends up getting cornered by one of the killers. He ends up slashing her multiple times and then basically impaling her, I think, on a bedpost. I couldn't really tell. Maybe a table leg, but it was something wooden that was up on the counter in like a, like a, like a, like a utility shed. So they weren't actually in the house. They were in a shed kind of to the side of the house. So she, so at this point, we're down to one person, and there's still like 40 minutes left in the movie. So I'm wondering, I mean, are we actually going to get a 40-minute chase scene? No, my friends. At this point, we get a new character. <laughs> we get yet another beautiful blonde show up, um, and she's late because she's in the middle of a – or she, she right before she left for this trip, her husband told her that he wanted a divorce. So literally, she got the divorce news kind of dropped on her just as she was leaving to enjoy this weekend with her friends. So when she arrives, she's driving a badass like lime green Lamborghini um, and she's on the phone with someone talking about, I can't believe him. He fucking, you know, just tells me he wants a divorce right before I go on vacation and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then literally within two minutes of this blonde arriving, She's attacked by one of the killers. And at this point, um, both of our surviving blondes are being chased by different uh, masked killers throughout the area. Eventually, uh, the latest blonde, I'm, I'm going to say the older blonde because she's very obviously the oldest of the bunch. Not that that's an insult. I mean, you know, she's probably mid-30s where everyone else in the movie is mid-20s. So she's still a gorgeous woman. But... um. She ends up getting attacked, but she ends up getting the upper hand on the killer. Like, this chick is like the, the girl from uh, You're Next. 
because she she is so badass. Like as soon, literally, without even knowing that anything was wrong, she's got a she's got a bottle of wine in her hand, and as soon as one of the killers approaches her, she turns around and just smashes the shit out of him. Like she knew he was standing right behind her. She smashes the uh, the glass bottle on his head, knocks him down a little bit. She's able to disarm him and grab the axe, and then she just starts chopping away at the guy. Um, she she hits him at least three or four times with the axe, and then right before she's ready to kill the dude, she unmasks him. And would you fucking believe it? It's the husband that just told her that he wanted a divorce. That that's the worst red herring ever. Literally introduce a character. Um, they tried to pull a Friday the Thirteenth, you know, nineteen eighty, which. Friday the 13th is the only movie that could pull that off, where you introduce a character and then boom, they're the killer. No one else has the right to do that. They tried to do this here. Um, Like I said, she unmasks the guy, realizes that it's her husband. She goes into fucking beast mode and just completely decimates him with an axe. Um, in In the meantime, Audra is still dealing with her assailant. Uh, she does eventually, she's able, <laughs> this, this is ridiculous. Um, this particular assailant that's chasing Audra has a giant, I, I want to say like machete style sword. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's the size of a sword, but it looks like a machete, almost like a machete buck knife type combo. Like it, it's a gnarly looking weapon. Don't get me wrong. Like if you were to see this, you'd shit yourself probably. But anyway, Audra is able to disarm this guy. Uh, she stabs him multiple times with his weapon, his ridiculously oversized machete. And then she and then she goes to unmask him. And then she changes her mind and says, you know what? I don't give a fuck who you are. And then she just takes a swing and decapitates him. Mind you, she's swinging this heavy-ass fucking weapon that she couldn't possibly wield. She cuts his head off in a clean cut with a mask on. This guy has a mask that goes past his neck, like into his shirt. It's like a whole, you know, disguise type thing. This woman cuts his head off cleanly like she's fucking Conan the Barbarian. So, you know, again, over-the-top, you know, over-the-top kills are going to be the least that I'm going to complain about in a movie like this, but... It's still, when you watch it, it's like, oh, come on now. <laughs> she couldn't possibly wield that thing with the effectiveness it would take to cut somebody's head off. Anyway, so at this point, like I said, our two newer killers are dispatched and Goatface is still kind of around somewhere. And there's still like 25 minutes left in the movie at this point. So I'm thinking, all right, um, these two, oh, these two girls who, by the way, are sisters, Audra and the, um, the older blonde who showed up last, they're actually sisters. And <clears throat> basically when they get, when they get together again outside after the two killers are dead and Audra realizes that the killer, that one of the killers was her sister's ex-husband, she actually grabs the ax and continues chopping at him. Um, you could tell that he's still slightly alive because, you know, he still grunts uh, whenever they chop, uh, you know, when they chop him a new uh, axe wound. And th- this fucking boggles my mind. At this point, the woman, the older blonde, actually defends him and says, OK, stop. He's going to bleed out. Just let him bleed out in peace. And that line made about as much sense to me as it did to her sister because her sister freaks out instantly. What do you mean let him bleed out in peace? Are you fucking kidding So she continues chopping at the guy as he dies, and then just as she's about to do the kill blow right into his head, the sister grabs another axe and blocks her attack. 
and then they fucking attack each other. Like, like, there's no history of these two hating each other. There's no story. There, there's nothing defending what's happening other than Audra and her sister are now chasing each other through the fucking woods for some reason. Don't know why, but there it is. Um, let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And obviously at this point, Audra is completely over the deep end. Like she, you could see, you know, she's got the crazy look in her eyes even though she has no rhyme or reason to, you know, obviously she's been attacked. Her friends have been killed. So obviously you're going to be on edge, but to attack your own sister, just because she doesn't want you to continue stabbing her already dead husband. Like it, it just, it makes so no, no fucking sense whatsoever. Um, like I said, they end up going after each other and eventually Audra does kill her sister and then in one of the final scenes of the film, uh, we get the only other male character in the movie besides the killers. It was the photographer that I mentioned earlier. Apparently, this photographer used to date Audra, and he broke up with Audra to date the, the, the girl that he was photographing at the beach. Um, and as soon as she sees those two, she just goes fucking ballistic. First, she kills the guy. Stab, you know, hits him in the back with the axe and then hits him in the chest, pretty much killing him instantly. And she goes to chase the cute girl, kills her on the beach. And basically she's just sitting there, um, you know, completely manic and just and the movie just kind of ends from there. If there actually is a more substantial ending that I might have missed, I definitely didn't notice um, and then the movie gives us something it has no fucking right to give us, and that's a, a gag reel during the closing credits. My friends, you are not Cannonball Run. Fuck you. You do not have the right to do a gag reel. If your movie was somewhat <laughs> good or funny, maybe. But fuck you for taking a movie that's already too long and adding a gag reel during the closing credits. Uh, fuck you. And then still having a full extended closing credit sequence. Is what I'm saying. So yeah, you mean, just... you mean when you can't distinguish the gag reel from the actual movie? <laughs> exactly. I mean, the gag reel. I almost, I, I almost chuckled once or twice. Nothing about the film made me laugh whatsoever. I, I mean, I'm sure there were very obvious attempts at comedy, but they all fell short for me. And yeah, like I said, and then you watch the closing credits, and that's when you see where the director will actually say, you know, 2012 claim eight of the year, blah blah blah. And then finally, when we get to the final credit, which is for the pretty young girl, um, he literally under her credit, he says, uh, 2016 Playboy, you know, Playmate of the Month, um, the final the final model to pose nude in Playboy. So he's so enamored with the, this director is so enamored with the fact that he got the last girl who's going to be naked in Playboy. For those of you who don't know, Playboy doesn't have nudes anymore. They haven't since 2017. Um, I, I just, it's like, of all the things to be proud of in your movie, the, the thing that this fucking idiot director is proud of is that he got Playboy Playmates to be naked for an hour and a half on film. It's like, that's, that's not really that hard a task, especially where they don't really, the only outlet they have for nudity now is probably their OnlyFans or just straight up porn. You know, with Playboy not doing nudes anymore, you know, no one's really taken over the market of tasteful nudes. And I say tasteful in quotations, of course. Um, and that's it, folks. That's Kill Her Goats 2023. Like I said, if you're if you're a fan of gratuitous nudity, vapid acting, no real storyline, 
um, uninspired filmmaking, then Kill Her Goats is for you. Otherwise, fuck this movie. Not to be mistaken with the great podcast Kiss the Goat. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we love Kiss the Goat. No, no, no. Jeffrey X. Absolutely. X Martin's the man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I I don't think I have anything to add. I mean, I mostly got it out in general thoughts. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. This movie's so shallow. There's not really anything to, like debate break down you know um peel back the peel back the surface i mean nothing <laughs> it's it, it, it's an hour and 40 minutes of tits and like i said i know there's a market for that like i'm not going to sit here and say this is the worst movie i've ever seen as i said earlier it's not even the worst movie i've seen this week so you know for what it, for what it for what it's worth it does what it's trying to do well it's just you have to be into what it's trying to do and I, I obviously am not. So there you go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, why don't we uh, direct people to places that bears talk about better movies, Venom? So I'll start with you. All right. No More Room in Hell presents Creature Comforts. Episode 16 is still our latest one, I think. Is that 15 or 16? I forgot already. I think it's 16. Yeah. Uh... Um, I, I I don't remember you. Can't yeah, exactly. Track of the numbers than I do. Uh, we podcast too much. Anyway, yeah, our latest episode is still you know the monster that challenged the world. Check that out. Um, our latest episode, um, where we are going to have a guest, Brandon Young from the Anatomy of Fear podcast, had to be postponed because something came up for our guest. And since he picked the movie, I really want to make sure that he's on the show with us. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that gets um, recorded this week, and the episode should be out next week. I already announced that we're going to be looking at Tremors on that movie, absolute classic, so that should be a fun episode. Um, let's see, No More Room in Hell presents the Crystal Lake Gift Shop, you know, still, you know, I've explained this before about this show, it doesn't have a set schedule, it's just whenever me and Mike want to get together and do an episode, we'll do one, so there's still three episodes out there for you to guys to check out. Of course, that is our retrospective of the Friday the 13th series from 1987 to 1990, so check that out. Uh, the main show, episode 51, we actually recorded an episode two weeks after episode 50. Go fucking figure. And on episode 51, we actually looked at our guest's pick. Our, our guest on that episode was Nikki Williams from the Slumber Party Massacre um, podcast. And on that episode, we looked at 1985's House. Not the Japanese one. This is the one with William Catt, the American one. And then um, 2008's Martyrs. And if you're wondering what those two movies could possibly have in common, go ahead and check out that episode. Because I, I actually brought up something that Nikki wasn't even thinking about as far as the connective tissue between these two movies. And yes, there is very thick connective tissue between these two movies. So, you know, uh, go ahead and check out that episode if you haven't yet. Um, and I think that's all for me, Mike. Yeah, it's just no more room in hell stuff. I haven't done any guest spots uh, yet in 2023, I don't believe. So, yeah, that's it for me. All right. Uh, I'll kick it over to Don. Uh, what do you got coming, Don? Yeah, uh, as mentioned, we're waiting on uh, Brandon's schedule for uh, the latest Creature Comforts. Um, as mentioned, you know, that was Tremors. 
Uh, latest episode of uh, the Horror Countdown was uh, the final episode of my Women in Horror Month series, where I had a uh, group of uh, females on all, uh, all month long to discuss various topics. And uh, this one was a fun one because I went on uh, with the Spinsters of Horror podcasts, which is one of my favorites. And uh, we looked at um, our favorite female Avengers. So that was a uh, pretty, uh, pretty fun time. Uh, got a, a couple of guest spots lined up. Um, one is going to be on, um, uh, I think it's called the Stew World Order. Um, I, I I don't really remember. I I actually ended up recording it uh, just a couple of days after we uh, this, we discussed the uh, last episode, so I, I don't really remember what it was called. And uh, it's not going to be out for another couple of months just uh, because of backlog, but uh, I looked at the action film Red 2, which was a uh, Ooh, pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty fun time. Uh, actually, it was funny. I liked it. Uh, he hated it. So, huh. yeah, it was pretty pretty fun time. Uh, like I said, that one should be out uh, closer to the summer because uh, he said it's going to take a couple of months to uh, get it together. So um, I'll let you guys know about that. And I've also managed to uh, secure a guest spot on um, a friend show called Pot of the Damned. But I, I don't have that many details on that. We're, we're still ironing stuff out, uh, especially because uh, the guy's in Scotland. And uh, that's going to make... Uh, Getting times together kind of tricky, but um, I am going to guest on that show, and uh, it's supposedly going to be a list uh, show for some kind, although I, I don't know much beyond that. Like I said, we're still ironing stuff out, but uh, I don't really remember much else going on. Uh, there there could be one or two um, additional shows other than those, but um, uh, until they come up, I, I can't say, but... Uh, there, they'll they'll potentially be a bunch of them coming out uh, closer to the summer. So uh, keep your ears peeled. But for now, that's uh, as much as I know for sure. So I guess that'll uh, be it for me for now. All right. Uh, as far as I go, nothing that Venom didn't mention. I I have a guest spot in the works. It's it's a semi big one, but it's still probably a few weeks off. As long as like no postponements happen, so I'll I'll uh, keep it cryptic for now. Um, and as we get closer, I'll you know once there's like a solid recording date and all that stuff is is uh, laid out, I'll get into it. But um, yeah, the latest episode, No More Room in Hell, fifty one, as as Venom mentioned with Nikki Williams, really fun time that is up. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, there is no theatrical release this week either, is there? Or at least not yes, one big is. enough for all. Is, no, oh, there is. Malum. The, the is Last that... Shift remake. Oh, is that a wide release? It's playing at AMCs and Regals in LA. I mean, I can only assume it's a national release. It might it might, it might, not, it might not be a gigantic release, like 3,000 screens. But I mean, if it's playing at AMC and Regal here yeah. in LA, it's not like it's playing at like a Lemley or one of the more independent theaters. I mean, it's playing at the big multiplexes. So I would imagine you'll be able to find a screening somewhere. All right. Yeah. I'll definitely look for that. Cause I'm down to do that as long as I can get to it. Yeah. Uh, so, I have to actually go see it at a Regal. I, I usually go to AMC because I have a, a list, but I just checked out the show times and there's none convenient enough for me. 
So I'm going to have to go to a Regal, which means I have to pay for the movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, potentially that will be our next episode. Um, But if it's if it's too limited for me and Don to get to, then we'll we'll figure something else out. So that said, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, We will be back in a week with another episode of Fresh Cuts. Until then, let's say bye to our listeners. Later. Keep your tits in your shirt. No. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>